Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Live. What up, TTK Potters and Chris Landry football family? We are back once again. This is Sky and Lucas from the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast on the Chris Landry Football Network. You can see all of the networks here from high school to college to NFL to fantasy football, everything to do with football here at LandryFootball.com. You can also see everybody live on twitch.tv slash Chris Landry Football. Make sure you go check out all the different channels. we got a lot cooking up. It is August. It is crunch time. Teams are in training camp. There's a lot moving. A lot of teams have players opting out for COVID-19. This is something very, very important, especially in fantasy football, that you need to pay attention to. So make sure that you're on those lines and you're paying attention. We will bring you, you know, uh, prominent players when they sit out, fantasy-relevant players as they opt out of COVID. We will have those updates for you. But otherwise, make sure you stay tuned otherwise. Once again, I am Sky, the host of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast, always with my man, Lucas Kaser. You had the day off yesterday, man. We had our good friend Chris Benavides of the Commish Fantasy Football Podcast in the hot seat for you instead. How was your day off, man, and how are you feeling? I'm doing good. I'm glad my now Tom Bradyless Patriot fellow fan <laughs> could join and take my spot. I haven't listened to it yet, but I did see an Edelman question, so I hope he bought it no matter what the line was at. So. I'm, I'm assuming he did. I, I, I don't doubt Chris and his knowledge for evaluating good fantasy football players, but I'm, I'm ready to go on tight ends today. The question was, buy or sell Julian Edelman 100 receptions in 2020. Lucas, quickly, what is your take? I mean, I'm just going to say easy without knowing what he actually had last year. And my projections he, are getting there. He did I, have 100. Have Browns now. He, he's had 100 receptions twice in his career over 10 year over 10 years. Last year was his second 100 yard rece- uh, 100 reception season. Not sure Cam Newton's going to give it to him, but today we're here to talk about tight ends. So let's move it forward, man. We are continuing our buy or sell segment. This is going to wrap it up this week, and then next week we're going to turn on to some different topics. We're going to start getting into some rankings. Also, in the second half of this, we are actually going to break it up and start talking about some draft strategy. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we had been going into eight different topics for quarterbacks, running backs, receivers. Today, we're going to do four topics for the tight ends in the first half. And then after the break, we're going to get into some draft prep and draft strategies. And then we've got some tips for you uh, that we can provide to get a strong draft going as you get into your fantasy football drafts. Also, we do have a draft guide available. You can find that at LandryFootball.com. You can also find it at TCKPod.com. It's just $5 for our draft guide pre-draft. It's also $5 for the in-season draft guide and 15 for both of those and 101 coaching from Lucas, myself, and the rest of our team, including who you met yesterday, Chris Benavides, and the rest of the Commish Fantasy Football Podcast crew. So we're here to help you. We're here to bring value. Make sure you tune in Monday through Thursday, 6 to 7 Eastern p.m. time, Monday through Thursday, to our Fantasy Football channel. And make sure to jump into the live chat room so that we can bring up your comments and discuss those here as well. You can find us at twitch.tv slash Football, And, of course, you can find the Candlestick Kids anywhere on a podcast, YouTube. We're also on Instagram, Twitter, and what have you. You know where to find us. All right, man, that is enough uh, intro. Let's get right into this. We've got a lot to cover. We don't have a lot of time to cover it. 
So let's get right into the first buy or sell. Again, just to repeat, buy or sells are on this particular question, not necessarily the players themselves, but this situation. Lucas, you're up first. Buy or sell someone other than Travis Kelsey or George Kittle ends the season as the overall tight end one. Of course, Travis Kelsey has dominated the last couple of years. Before him, it was Rob Gronkowski. Looks like George Kittle is the next one in line, but there are a couple hot ones coming up behind him. Zach Ertz is always in the top three to five. Mark Andrews made a huge run last year. Darren Waller came out of nowhere last year, finished number three overall. So Lucas, buy or sell someone other than Travis Kelsey or George Kittle finishing the season as the overall tight end one in fantasy football. Yeah, this is an easy buy, and this kind of goes back to, if you're listening on uh, our podcast and not the Landry Football one, we kind of touched based on the tight end strategy and maybe why you would um, think differently in terms of people think that Kelsey and Kittle are too high for a tight end to go. But the reason being is I like Zach Ertz, but no other tight end is going to see the opportunity in the volume. Zach Ertz gets the volume, but I don't think the beneficial opportunity like Kelsey and Kittle get. Ertz is kind of the one on his team but is he really when it comes down to it when the team's healthy so really like those two are the the true number one weapon on their team attached to good teams i know we don't like jimmy g that much but good quarterbacks capable quarterbacks and a team with a good defense which also like i said good team will help you in fantasy so it's just really their game on game production their week on week production is so safe and it's so high to where i don't see any other tight end like you could argue andrews but the man put up like what nine touchdowns on like a 40 percent snap share like he can't go up any higher Ertz could but now with this new offense with all these receivers coming in and who knows what's going to happen with Jalen Hurts etc all those players so uh I think I said buy I actually mean sell no one else besides Kelsey or Kittle can uh out 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 finish them even if even if Kelsey and Kittle didn't catch a touchdown I don't see who really realistically maybe Ertz but besides that no one would catch him yeah, I agree with you. This is an easy sell for me. And you did say bye at the beginning. Yeah, so I was waiting my course. turn just to correct you because I knew what you meant, but you did say bye. Yeah, this is a sell for me too. Someone other than Kelsey or Kittle finishing tight end one. I don't see it happening outside of, of course, injuries, COVID sickness, things you know can come up, especially this season. But outside of that kind of stuff, uh, just on pure production, there's no way. Uh, Kelsey and Kittle had 88 and 87% snap share. Of, on their respective teams, respectively, and they were highest among tight ends. Easy. The big knock, I love Mark Andrews. The big knock about Mark Andrews is, as you mentioned, he was in the 40s to 50s snap share. There was also three tight ends last year in Baltimore. They get rid of Hayden Hurst, but they still have multiple tight ends there. And that offense, while prolific with Lamar Jackson nowadays, the efficiency on the touchdowns was so high. I'm not sure that's going to happen. There could be some aggression, and if there is, he's going to fall off. We're actually going to talk about Darren Waller here coming up in just a second, so we'll save some of that for him. But he's another player that I'm not sure has number one overall capabilities. So just with the ability, the focal point of the offense, Debo Samuel going down for the 49ers, a bunch of young receivers around him, and a heavy running game. Plus uh, you have the Chiefs that basically go through – I'd say they go through Kelsey as much as they go through Tyreek Hill in the passing game. I think it's about 50-50, honestly, and he's just so reliable there. So this is an easy sell for me um, that uh, Travis Kelsey and George Kittle do finish uh, number one overall. So we're going to buy that. We're going to sell that someone else takes their place. All right, number two here, buy or sell Darren Waller. Again, came out of nowhere. 
to say that he had a career season last year is an understatement. He basically basically barely played in his first five seasons with Baltimore and Oakland, but he finally last year shows us what he can do. Incredible athlete. Buy or sell, Darren Waller finishes top five among fantasy tight ends. Again, last year finishing number three overall. Yeah, so this one is kind of a trending topic in terms of uh, misconceptions about market share on the team. And I, I know I've referenced that a lot, but it, but it is true. This is how you avoid, I don't want to say bus players, but players that are no way, shape, and form finishing the way they did last year. And what I mean by that is, so on the screen, uh, Darren Wallace's key to fantasy success last year was market share on this team. Each week, if you see on the screen or if you're listening on the podcast, basically he had one week in single-digit market share against Detroit. I don't know what happened that week, but he had weeks up in the 40s, a lot of weeks in the 30s, and a lot of weeks in the high 20s. That won't happen again this year. That happened last year when his highest uh, – sorry, his closest receiver to him or the highest receiver finish in targets – Hunter Renfro was 71, and he's not even going to start this year. They came out and said today, like their projected starting uh, receiver three, trio, it was Ruggs in the slot and in the Z when it goes to two receivers, Tyrell Williams, and then Brian Edwards as the Z in three receiver sets. So the highest receiver last year on this team isn't even going to start. And it's not saying that this team got really good at receiver. It's to show this team was really bad at receiver last year. There's no possible way Darren Waller matches this proje- production or this volume that he got last year. And then you also add in Jason Witten, who we talked about, which he didn't not go to the booth again to sit behind Darren Waller, some guy that broke out after switching to a tight end, playing receiver, got cut at receiver, whatever. I'm not saying Darren Waller is bad, but I'm saying he's definitely, he's obviously not the focal point. If they bring in Witten, they bring in Bowden, they bring in two receivers and those two receivers are going to start immediately. So I think, no, you have to sell this one because he's not going to finish over the top two, Kelsey Kittle, Ertz, I just no way. I, the, Ertz is just a mini mini Kelsey, really for me. Throw Andrews in there because I think that he he's also going to be hit or miss. I think with the whole t- touchdown regression thing, but we'll see how that plays out. Um, and then really, if I'm playing the odds of him, Hunter Henry, Evan Ingram, Gronk, Higby, um, Hurst, like the, the odds are so much higher for those guys to finish top five because those guys actually provide something. After the oper- after the volume comes to them, if they could go, Waller puts up eight catches, he might get you sixty yards. If Gronk got eight catches, he'll get you a hundred. If Higby gets eight catches, like we saw last year, he'll get you a hundred and two touchdowns. So I just I gotta sell, and I don't. I guess I'm making a case for him to be a bad fantasy pick, but I still think he kind of is because there's a difference between taking the guaranteed points with Kelsey in the second round because that's a high point total. And taking the guaranteed points when you can go chase upside at tight end around probably round six, seven, where Waller's going. I agree. I'm going to bring up a, a sheet here, too, real quick. This is last year's finishes. So I apologize. I said that uh, Darren Waller finished third. He actually finished fifth, but he was in the top five. Mark Andrews had the third there. But you can see here in this grip, he was right behind George Kittle. Now, he did play two more games in George Kittle, but Darren Waller was up in there in that top five, 25 points ahead of Austin Hooper in that sixth spot. And we're going to get back to this graph here in just a little bit, but I just wanted to mention that Darren Waller, again, came out of nowhere and absolutely crushed. This is a tough one, man. I was going back and forth between you know buy and sell on this, and I'm trying to think of you know who else is going to be in that mix right now. 
I'm going to sell as well because it's kind of like there's three spots that I think are guaranteed taken. And that's Kitty, uh, Kittle, Kitty, Kelsey, Kittle, and Ertz, I think are, are guaranteed in the top five uh, outside of injury. Then there's Waller, and then there's potentially Higby. There's potentially, um, you know, Andrews. There's some other uh, tight ends here that could could make it happen. And there might be a Darren Waller or Mark Andrews of this year, like a Jonu Smith or Mike Kosicki or somebody like Jack that Doyle. who explodes. Hayden Hurst, Jack Doyle, sure, uh, who could make it happen. Our boy Tyler Eifert. Um, there's a lot of options who could make it happen and stay healthy and catch a bunch of touchdowns like Eric Ebron did a few years ago and make it happen. So I'm going to sell because it's basically Darren Waller versus the field. However, Darren Waller is very, very impressive, man. So 90 receptions on 117 targets, 1,145 yards, three touchdowns. So again, the touchdown regression should be the positive for him, right? He should score more touchdowns this year. Is he going to get as many yards and as many receptions? Doubt it because he's not going to get as many targets. And as we mentioned with the Raiders in the, in the uh, Josh Jacobs argument a couple of days ago on Tuesday, they have so many other weapons here now that you're, you're mentioning it, right? Brian Edwards, I know we like a lot. Ruggs, Renfro, all these other guys, even the running backs, right? So I just don't think there's going to be as much opportunity. One thing that is going well for uh, Darren Waller is even if Derek Carr loses his job, which I think he will eventually to Marcus Mariota, Marcus Mariota was able to feed Delaney Walker uh, for quite some time in Tennessee. So I think that bodes well for Darren Waller. But overall, I'm going to sell that he lands in the top five but I could see him being top six, absolutely. And again, he did play a full 16 games. And in fantasy football, whether we like it or not, health is a big part of this, right? Guys that finish and play a full 16 games generally end up higher up the ranks there because they're just able to accumulate mm -hmm. the most points. So if he stays healthy again, he could be top five. But if everybody stays healthy, and that's how we kind of have to put that in our head, I'm going to say uh, it's a sell for me too. I'm not sure that uh, – that he's able to do it now sidebar i don't want to necessarily uh you know go out of out of bounds and and uh you know promote uh, another podcast necessarily on this network but i will say i heard another podcast and it had darren waller as the guest and it was phenomenal interview and this guy's upbringing which i had no idea about about all of his uh, suspensions in, in college all of his suspensions due to a, a substance abuse and the pros and the reason, basically, that we haven't seen Darren Waller yet in five years is the guy just literally didn't care about football. He got burnout in football in high school. He played college football because that's what he was supposed to do, and he could support his family if he ended up going to the pros. He didn't care about football until last year. He sobered up, blessed the man, super respect on that, two years clean, but now his focus is football, and we can tell last year this man put everything he had into the sport and his 6'6 ability was able to beast out. So now if he just wants it more than everybody else, there's an opportunity there, and he could be a beast for a long time coming, especially a tight end. But is it going to happen again in the second year? I'm not sure because they have all these other weapons, and I just don't know how to gauge the Raiders. So as of right now, I will sell top five for Darren Waller, but I definitely see him in the top six and he could absolutely be back up there if he stays healthy. Okay. Let's dive into number three here, man. I'm going to let you just kind of take this one away here. Buy or sell Rob Gronkowski and Tyler Higby. So both of them, this is key. Buy or sell Rob Gronkowski and Tyler Higby finish as the top fantasy receiver on their respective teams. So Lucas, before I turn you loose, I want to remind everybody, and if you're new to fantasy football or you're coming out from under the rocks, 
because it's August now and you haven't turned on NFL Network or ESPN or Fantasy Football in the last five months because you've had a million other things happening during quarantine. Rob Gronkowski is now in Tampa Bay with Tom Brady. All right, comes out of retirement, comes down to Tampa Bay with Tom Brady. But O.J. Howard is still there. Cameron Brait is still there. They have nice young running backs, also a plethora of receivers as well. On the Rams side, Gerald Everett was a great tight end, got hurt. Tyler Higby got his opportunity, was the number one tight end down the stretch last year over the last five games, but was pretty much average at best before that time frame. So they're hot names right now in fantasy. They're getting drafted in the 6th, 7th, 8th round right now in ADP. Lucas, I know what your response is here, but please tell the people, buy or sell Rob Gronkowski and Tyler Higby finish as the top wide receiver on their team, not to mention all of fantasy, on their team, will both of them finish as the best fantasy option? Uh, you mean fantasy t- best fantasy tight end on their team, right? You said receiver. Correct. Just to clear- okay. Oh, yeah. so yes, the- yes, thank you. You added the and in there, so the answer has to be so. But if it was or, I would have bought because, okay, Gronk is probably going to finish as the highest um, tight end in fantasy finish on his team, probably. Probably fantasy points per game he's going to win because he's going to play three games, he's going to catch three touchdowns, and everyone's going to go crazy if they spend all their fab or their fourth-round pick on him. On the screen, if you're watching on YouTube or on Twitch, uh, Sports Injury (laughs) Predictor – it's a great site. It's probably one of the leading like sports injury sites, but it is behind a paywall, but you can get like three searches um, if, for free. The man has high risk, a 99% chance of getting re-injured at least once during a game. Or sorry, 99% chance of getting re-injured is in total, 25% per game. That means relatively, if he plays four snaps, his chances of getting injured are one out of those four snaps. That's not like an actual comparison, but relatively. Projected to miss 5.1 games. And everyone's going to be like, but I can just take him and I can stream a later tight end. And I'll be like, just don't sacrifice two wasted picks in the middle of your draft and take Travis Kelsey in the second or something like that. Yes, he's going to finish as the highest one because OJ Howard, for some reason, does not want to be good at fantasy. And adding Gronk as well as switching to new system is not going to help OJ Howard. Like it sucks. It's probably just not, he's going to need time to develop if, if he ever develops. So Gronk is a starter. So yes, I think he finishes the highest, but he's still not a good pick. Even if he's going to be the highest tight end finish with Tom Brady on the bucks. Nice switch over to Tyler Higby. And on the screen, uh, if you're watching on YouTube or Twitch, you can see the splits uh, in split. I'll read it off on for the podcast listeners in split with Gerald Everett and out of split without Gerald Everett. So the, the, uh, the, I guess the narrative with Tyler Higby is last year he broke out and it was like the best, one of the best fantasy tight end stretches probably in the last 10 years. Um, like Julius Thomas can be like the only guy I can remember that put up what he did over a uh, six to seven game sample to lead teams to the fantasy championships. And what we saw last year um, without Everett was in four game samples, a half touchdown a game over a hundred yards, uh, 11.25 targets, and the DraftKings and FanDuel points, I don't know how those correlate with actual fantasy points, but it, they were high. They were, they, were, they were definitely top top one tight end. But then he moved the games in the split with Gerald Everett. Only 0.1 touchdowns per game in 10 games. That's one touchdown in 10 games. 72.9 less receiving yards per game. Five less receptions and almost seven less targets and then way less in the fantasy point column. And I there's... This is like the whole Giants receiver example that when there's no game split, the good game split to take, you go back to what you saw last year 
when the full team is healthy because that's how this works. Like this, has, there's not like a. I get Tyler Higby broke out, but he did not play when Gerald Everett was breaking out. There was no vice versa. There was no Tyler Higby putting Gerald Everett on the bench. And I get I this this is a trending conversation that like I don't like getting involved with because people just always revert back to that four game sample. And I go list stat, list stat, list stat, four game sample. So there's no there's no way of winning this argument ever. And like I'm not like saying like I'm right, they're wrong. Like because I could be completely right about wrong about Higby, but he's not getting 11 targets a game. And this team is fully healthy. Like that's that's definitely not doable. So when in doubt, just take the sample that you've seen over and over and over again. And that was a 52 game sample of Tyler Higby only going over 50 yards four times before that breakout. So the the, the question is: Is he going to get outscored by Gerald Everett? I I personally think so. But in a general projection, he'll probably will finish higher. But he's definitely not returning the ADP that he's at. I totally agree with you, man. I am also going to sell this that both Gronk and Higby do not. Uh, well, I will sell that they both will finish as the top fantasy tight end on their respective teams. I'm with you. I think completely, man. I think that Gronk obviously has the great choice because Gronk and Brady have a mind meld. We've talked about this a lot in our podcast on the TCK side uh, prior to jumping over to Landry. Um, for Gronk, for me, when they're in the red zone with the Bucks. They're going to be in the huddle. Tom Brady's going to look at Gronk and be like, bro, you got like, I mean, are you going four yard in or four yard out? What do you want to do? Yeah. Gronk is going to do it. He's going to make that move. He and Brady have been doing this for 10 years. That's going to be the first read in the red zone every single time Gronk is out there. Then if Gronk is triple covered, which he will be, then it'll be Evans. Then it'll be Godwin. Then it'll be whatever else. So I think he's good to catch six touchdowns, even if he only plays six games. That right there could accidentally get Gronk to the top and outpace yeah. uh, Cameron Braden and Jordan Howard the rest of the way. Higby on the other side, I totally agree with you, man. I Incredible athlete. If Gerald Everett wasn't there, I would argue that Tyler Higby's a top five fantasy pick. Would you agree with me on that? If Gerald Everett wasn't there, would you give Higby a top five fantasy pick? He would probably be over Ertz just because he's so athletic and the team is in terms of fantasy – land or whatever what fantasy point production per on a team basis the rams are probably top four in general i think and they get really undervalued so yeah he would he would easily be the three the problem is like it's just it's just another narrative that gets added into that too okay so we're not taking away from higby himself but again as we say every single podcast and we preach in fantasy football it's not the player it's the situation with everett there who had a great season prior to going down and has shown really a promising career so far as a Ram, uh, basically making Tyler Higby obsolete until he got injured. Um, and again, I bring this up all the time. I know it's kind of funky to bring up, but I think these things matter. Gerald Everett was the first pick that Sean McVay made as the Rams head coach. That kind of stuff I think matters, right? A, he wants to prove that Gerald Everett's the man. And B, Gerald Everett is the man and they're going to use him. Now, what I think is going to happen is the Rams now know that Tyler Higby is also incredible. So they have two very good tight ends that they're just going to utilize more often, which is great for the offense, great overall. But and I think good for golf, bad for everybody else. But unfortunately, I'm just not sure that this offense, as it did a couple of years ago en route to the Super Bowl, I'm not sure it can sustain Cooper Cup and Robert Woods and three running backs, even Cam Akers by himself, and two high-quality tight ends. 
I just don't see it happening. So I also am going to sell. Now there is a chance, unfortunately, too, that Rob Gronkowski, although he looks in great shape and he came back for a reason and blah, 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 he may get injured early as well and just not be able to hang up as he has been out, uh, which which matters. He's got to get back in shape. And, of course, this is a funky season anyway. So I'm also going to uh, sell Rob Gronkowski and Tyler Higby both finish as their best fantasy tight ends uh, per their respective teams. All right, man, last one, and we'll take a quick break and get in the second half. This one's kind of uh, long and complicated here, but hear me out. Buy or sell at least six of the final top 12 tight ends. So six of the tight end ones at the end of the season will be drafted in the 12th round or later. Okay, six of the top 12 in 2019 were drafted in the 12th round or later. And Lucas, while you're talking, I will bring up a quick uh, mark here just to let everybody know what that was looking like last year. The same shot we've already seen. But let's take a look at this really quick before you get into it. So here are the finishes from last season. If you're watching on Twitch and or YouTube, if you're on the podcast, I'll read them out for you real quick. So finished top uh, tight ends at the end of the year here. Travis Kelsey, number one. Zach Kurtz, number two. Mark Andrews, number three. Kittle, Waller, out the top five. Then we had Hooper, Jared Cook, Higby, Hunter Henry, Dallas Goddard, and Jason Witten. And underneath that, uh, we have um, one, two, three, four, five, six of the tight ends here that finished in the top 12 were drafted in the 12th round or later, as you can see here. And that is uh, Mark Andrews, Darren Waller, uh, Higby, uh, Goddard, and Witten. So my question to you, Lucas, is do you think this is going to happen again next year where you're going to have six of the top tight ends be from the later rounds because again the conversation a lot in fantasy football is do we draft kelsey and kittle early or do we wait and do we stream well if i'm looking at last year kelsey Ertz, and kittle definitely paid back your dividends in the second third round with the top four finish but with andrews and waller getting drafted in the 12th and 13th round within the top five that kind of leads to hey maybe there's some gold mines late on my draft that i can get for free yeah I, i'm buying the question i didn't I could have dug into the data like to see how many uh, in terms of finish and ADP you're outside top 12 for the last 10, 20, 30. It doesn't matter how many years. It probably would have been higher than 50% in terms of answering the question to buy. It's tough, though, because I think this year more than ever, the ones that we're reaching on, uh, I guess I can break it down. So in the Fantasy Mojo ADP, it's just high stakes ADP. Uh, right now it's Johnny Smith, Blake Jarwin, Jack Doyle, Ian Thomas, Ebron, Chris Herndon, Irv Smith, O.J. Howard, Greg Olson, Sternberger, Rudolph, the Bears tight ends, Eifert, and Aikens. Those are just the ones I selected. Um, there's some other that's like great guys that probably won't finish top 12. So I already have three of those guys ranked in my top 12, and I haven't done the full uh, redo of rankings for next week, and I might have three or four roughly in there. But the problem I think this year is that both the Vikings tight ends, normally you would say Rudolph probably would, but I think that's virtually a race to where they're going to even each other out and they don't have a chance to finish top 12. I think the same with the Bears. But then you have the guys like Hayden Hurst, who I was going to take in the 13th round all drafts, not anymore. So now where he, Hurst really isn't even a good pick because you're drafting him to what we're projecting him as. So like, yes, I think he'll be top 12, but like the theory of this question is like, getting late round tight ends. So Hurst is out of that. He would have been one ADP rose. Blake Jarwin's rising. Johnny Smith's rising. Ian Thomas is rising. Um, 
So that being said, that goes to show that people are realizing this question, realizing late round, late round tight ends or just tight ends do break out and certain in very set variable scenarios, vacated production, they're athletic and they're higher than third on their team in terms of pecking order and the passing attempts. That goes to show also that you should draft tight end early because there's no value there. So yes, the answer is by because most likely out of those names I listed, um, there's probably more too that will finish there. They have a very high chance of finishing top 12 versus guys like Fant, Hawkinson. Goddard goes in top 12, but like, or he goes ahead of the 12th, but I feel like he's like, I don't know. He's just a weird pick. So I really don't like to count him there either as well. But I think, yeah, definitely. I think six, that's tell it's pushing it, I think, but I think I would buy the question. I'm with you. So I'm going to bring this up again one more time here. So, I've got uh, Mike Kosicki was a name that was blocked underneath with the banner. So I just wanted to read that off real quick. So again, in the top 12 from 2019, top 12 fantasy finishes for tight ends, Mark Andrews, Darren Waller, Tyler Higbee, Dallas Goddard, Jason Witten, and Mike Kosicki all were drafted in the 12th round or later and finished in the top 12. Okay. So that's evidence that it happened last year. We're wondering if it'll happen again this year. Well, I bring up this chart here. This is the current ADP. Lucas, you just brought up the high stakes, which I think is great for, for us to use because it's it's the most accurate. But I'm bringing up this from uh, the Fantasy Football Calculator site. And this is a screenshot that I took right before we hopped on the recording here to get the, the most updated live representation of current ADP for tight ends in full PPR. Now, what this tells me is that these are the – tight ends right now that are getting drafted after the 12th round. If you're listening on the podcast, I'll read them off for you real quick. So we started tight end 13. That's Austin Hooper in the early 12th. Then we have TJ Hawkinson, Gasicki, Goddard, Jonu Smith, Eric Ebron, Blake Jarwin, and Jack Doyle, all between the 12th and the 14th round. Now, Lucas, I know that you and I have, you know, collectively, we have five of these guys in our top 12 already. Okay. So I'm going to, this is an easy buy for me as well. That's six guys from this list will finish in the top 12. Now, unfortunately, that means that guys up at the top have to fade off, obviously, but we see it every single year, right? Guys are getting drafted. Vance McDonald's getting drafted. Delaney Walker's getting drafted. Eric Ebron's getting drafted last year. Jimmy Graham's getting drafted last year. Greg Olson's getting, those guys are fading off. They're either old or they're, or they're injured or they're just not getting the target share we expected. Some of these guys, and if we were Nostradamus and we could tell you, we certainly would, but some of these guys are going to finish as top tight ends. I personally will get into rankings next Thursday. You'll hear our our tight end rankings, and we'll go into this more in depth. Personally, my three guys from this list that I could see being in the top 12 automatic, first of all, Dallas Goddard was in the top 12 last year as a quote-unquote backup tight end for the Eagles. I'm going to put him back up there. Mike Kosicki also finished last year, fading him a little bit, but he's already said that he's already shown he can do it. John Smith for the Titans, he definitely could be top 12. We've seen Delaney Walker for years for the Titans be a, a premier tight end, no problem. And then any mix of Eric Ebron, Blake Jarwin, or Jack Doyle, those guys should be the number one target um, at the tight end position, of course, but all, you know, within their offense, high flying offenses, and we know that uh, Philip Rivers loves the tight end position there in Indianapolis with Jack Doyle now. So, I go back and forth with who these guys are going to actually be. But for me, the question is: buy or sell? Six of the late round tight ends basically are going to be in the top twelve at the end of the season. And for me, man, it's an easy no brainer. Six. Uh, 
eight might have made it a little more of a, of a conversation, but I think that's a little extreme because, again, there are some great tight ends up there. But last year we saw, man, O.J. Howard, uh, uh, Hunter Henry, Evan Ingram, those kind of guys were surefire middle of, of the, the road tight ends getting drafted in the fourth, fifth, sixth round that were the gimmies because you didn't want to spend up in the second, third round for the other tight ends. Didn't work out. They got injured. They weren't utilized. Whatever it is, they fell off the map, made way for guys like uh, Mark Andrews and Darren Waller. So I'm with you, man. I am also going to buy that at least six of the final top 12 tight ends will be drafted in the 12th round or later. All right, man. Quick little break here, and then we'll get into the second half. We'll go over to some draft strategy and some draft prep, and we got a couple tips for you as well. Before we do that, though, I just want to thank everybody for listening. Make sure you hit the heart button here. Make sure you subscribe to the channel on Twitch, on YouTube as well. Drop a comment down here. Jump into our live chat on Twitch, and we can get those comments up here on the screen once you're jumping in. If they're relevant here to what we're talking about, we're happy to discuss uh, what we what we have going on here and be interactive, absolutely. Smash that heart button. Smash the red subscribe button on YouTube. You can find us Monday through Thursdays on Twitch. That's twitch.tv slash Football. And there's a lot on the Landry Network from high school to college to NFL proper to the fantasy football show that you're watching now. So we appreciate it. And you can find all that at LandryFootball.com. Also, for the TCK Potters out there that have been loyal listeners and viewers and followers for us, we really, really appreciate you. We're closing in on 250 episodes for us overall for Lucas and I. It's been a wild ride, but we're very excited to get that in by the end of the month, getting you prepped for the season. So make sure you follow us on our networks as well. So you can find us on YouTube at the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. You can find us on anywhere you listen to your podcast as well as the Landry Football Networks. And you can find us on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore tckpod and on Twitter at tck underscore pod. And of course, again, you can find our draft guide at tckpod.com. All right, Lucas, let's get back into this, man. Let's have uh, a little bit of a more open discussion here. Now, I really want to spend the second half of this episode. There's just not as many tight ends to talk about is what it comes down to. We talked about a lot of quarterbacks, a lot of running backs, a lot of receivers. We've talked in depth about tight ends already. Let's go into some other things that are going to be valuable for folks closing in, man. I mean, a lot of work leagues are starting up. A lot of family leagues are starting up. A lot of uh, you know high stakes leagues are, are, are coming down the stretch here. People getting ready for DFS and all sorts of um, different avenues as sports start opening up and, and football looks like it will be on the horizon here. So let's talk about some draft prep. Let's talk about some draft strategies. And then just a couple personal tips that you and I have for the listeners here. Lucas, we'll start with you and I'll put it up here on the screen. We talked about, you know, six things that, you know, people should and shouldn't do um, with preparing for the draft. Give me a couple that you make mandatory for yourself here. Now, these are six things that you should and shouldn't do to prepare for your draft. So give me maybe three for yourself that you should or shouldn't do, and I'll do the same as well. I think, oh gosh, one for shouldn't would be to not uh, touch anything fantasy-related or do any research the day of the draft. I kind of sounds dumb if you're listening, like, why would I not do that? But it, you second-guess yourself lots of times if you touch it until the last possible second. Um I don't want to say you should have a strategy going into it because I think that's another thing you shouldn't do because in reality you can't have a strategy because you can't predict who your players are going to pick because if you could, you'd win every league you played in. So I think 
the one thing would be to figure it out prior to the day of or right before. If you don't want to have a strategy, you don't have a strategy. You don't need to have a strategy or a, a plan of attack, you could say. So I would just say don't do do good research, but don't do good research last second because doing good research or doing research last second is not good research. It'll be a little second guessing. I, I get that too. I hear you because I get, you know, I get my spreadsheets ready. I get my, you know, I'm prepped. I'm ready for my mock draft and I read a quick last ESPN, yeah. Roto World, I'm on Landry Football. I'm like on the last minute, like, okay, quick note, like, how's this injury going? Is this guy actually going to hold out? Blah, blah, blah. And you hear that last blurb and you're like, uh oh, <laughs> everything changed. And now you have to kind of rework things. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. I think that's, a, I think that's a great one. For draft prep, man, and we're going to talk more about draft strategy here in just a little bit, which is a little bit more you're, what you're leading to. For me, man, what you should do for draft prep, and this is number one for me, no question about it, mock draft, mock draft, mock draft, mock draft. Lucas and I have done over 100 mock drafts easy. And for those of you that aren't super fantasy football nerds are kind of like, are you guys serious? Do you have lives? Do you have jobs, relationships? Like what's going on? Here's the deal. There's a lot of avenues out there. There's a lot of different sites out there that you can mock draft on that take literally five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 at the most. If you're taking time to do a real deal mock draft, there's some out there you can do individually. You can do with teammates. You can do with friends. You can do by yourself. You can do with keeper settings, PPR, standard, whatever. Go find some of those, right? And we've shared a lot of those on our podcast, and we will continue to do that when we use them. Go find those. They have apps on your phone. You can sit in bed, right, while you're waiting to pass out, you know, because you're on your phone anyway. Let's be real, right? You're on your lunch break at work, okay? You're getting ready, whatever. Use mock drafts. What it tells you, now you're not going to be able to predict all the players you're going to draft, but what it will tell you is trends. One thing that Lucas and I have talked about a lot on our podcast, and we just brought it up since we joined Landry this week, Lucas was steadfast three running backs early in drafts, three running backs, three running. And when he was hardcore about it, every mock draft we were in, that was his style. Well, just in the last couple of weeks, because the trend is everybody else is picking three running backs in the first couple of rounds. Now Lucas and myself have started turning to maybe we should do a modified zero RB or maybe we should go full zero RB or maybe it is worth it to go with an early round quarterback like Lamar or Mahomes, or maybe it is worth it to go with Kitty or Kittle or Kelsey early. So you start having those trends when you mock draft. It's also very important to mock from the beginning of your draft, the middle of your draft and the end of your draft. So you have an idea of the first four, five, six players that you have to pick and a couple of guys that you can wait on because they'll probably end up falling for value. So for me, my number one should draft prep tip would definitely be, mock draft as much as possible lucas give me another one as well you gave me a shouldn't give me a should i kind of i kind of had another shouldn't actually that was i think was do it should okay the shouldn't i I, another weird one i think so don't don't make rankings right and that sounds dumb but i don't think i guess the reason that i make rankings is to like value how players could finish right because if i'm trying to predict how players are going to finish like good luck that you're not going to be able to do that. And we'll see. I'm in the ECR this year. I think it's misconception that like you're trying to pick who will be the QB1, who will be the QB2, who will be the QB3, and that's not the case. You're trying to – I don't know. So a lot of people will throw like – I don't know. We'll just say that they have CEH as their RB2, right? I don't know. That could be the case. Could not be the case. 
you have to think of it as can he physically finish as the RB2 without uh, Zeke, Kamara, Barkley being good, right? Like, so you're just trying to value like the market, like you were saying in general, and seeing the range of outcomes that can happen with the players. So when I say don't make rankings, is because when players make rankings and use rankings, and yes, we have rankings in our draft guide, because it's a thing you have to do with fantasy, you just to like kind of gauge how we feel about players. You'll just go down the list and draft and draft and draft. And that's not what you want to do. You can choose to do that, but then you can't get mad at us or mad at whoever's rankings you're using if they're not right. You use the rankings as a tool to see how players could stack up this year based on our research, your research, X number of people's research. So I just said don't make set rankings. You can write down players you want. You can look at rankings and maybe write some notes like an arrow moving him up or above. But I would just say you are picking good value in the market, not good value in your rankings. Great. I'll go with another should, and then you can prepare your should or shouldn't for the next one, and you can let me know what you got. My next should is the same as mock draft. Again, with prep, your draft prep. This is not during your draft. This is not the strategy yet. This is before your draft and getting all your information. Yo, fill up with podcasts. You know, Tune into our podcast. Sure. Tune, into our, tune into our YouTube channel. Tune into our Twitch. Jump into our live feed right now that we have. I mean, right now, if you're in there. Jump in, ask us a question. Hey, Lucas, what you just said this about Tyler Higby. Expand on that. Why not? I love the guy. Like, let's do those things. We're here to help you. You know, just our draft guide. Grab another draft guide. There's a lot of them out there. You know, prepare yourself with the best knowledge you can possibly have. People like us that do this aren't doing it for ourselves. Okay. Lucas and I talk all day about this stuff between the two of us. We started a podcast. We started a channel. We joined the Landry football network because we want to provide value for you. So jump in here, jump in into other networks as well, and let us know what you want to know about. Okay. Specific questions and get in there and listen to your guy, right? A big part that i uh, maybe this is my next one. I'll pause a little bit because it's my third one here. I don't want to go too, too deep on, but make sure that you're listening to podcasts. Okay. You're YouTubing certain guys. You're watching film. You're breaking things down. Listen to coaches. Okay. Coach speak. You got to take with a grain of salt, but listen to things, check injury reports. I mean, do the significant research. Okay. For the players that you're planning to draft and make sure that you are up to date when the draft comes around you're ready to make those educated decisions versus, oh man, I happened to catch ESPN three months ago and they said that this guy is a great draft pick because he's this and this and this. Well, guess what? Three months ago, a lot of things have changed. So make sure that you not only mock draft, but you're draft prepping by watching YouTube, watching channels of your favorite fantasy football analysts, listen to multiple podcasts because a lot of people say the same things, but a lot of people say it differently. Tune into us. We will help you the best that we can. Jump into our live feed here on twitch.tv slash Chris Landry football. And of course, go check out everything else at tckpod.com with our draft guide as well. So my second one would be prepare yourself not only with mock drafts, but also uh, with um, websites and articles and uh, video as well as audio too. Lucas, what is your third one? It is that you should just have fun. I think that's a general. Love it thing of it uh that's that's definitely what maybe that should be number one maybe we should start all this over and just make that number one (laughs) nah i can't have too much fun doing it because then it it gets too easy you know what i'm saying but like just have fun with it um 
it gets competitive and stuff, but in the end, we say if we say all the time that it takes luck to win your championship, then it takes luck to win your championship. So just have fun with it. I love that, man. That's a that's a great one. And you know, there are high stakes leagues. Lucas and I are in a lot of buy in leagues. We're not going to lie. We do invest quite a bit of coin uh, into this um, because it makes it a little more fun to have stakes now. I'll be real. We're not putting thousands of dollars on this by any means, you know, but we're in a handful of leagues and 20 bucks here, 20 bucks there, 50 bucks there is fun. It keeps it real. It keeps everybody invested in your league. So I like that a lot. My third one is to be flexible, be flexible with your feelings and your thought processes and your analysis of players. I just mentioned to you that Lucas was hardcore about his draft strategy, right? I have been kind of steadfast on certain players this offseason, guys that I'm definitely going to fade, guys that I'm definitely going to pick. Well, since the Super Bowl, it's February. We do this every day. I mean, in the last six months, a lot has changed, right? So all of a sudden, a couple of guys who I was fading originally, I'm actually on. A couple of guys I was really stoked on, I'm now potentially fading because of the situation. So Stay water, as they say, stay flexible, stay open-minded. And when it comes down to it, to click that button, to pick your guy, make sure that you have a balanced um, opportunity in your mind of, I'm not crazy about this guy, but I see the upside and here's the value. Or I love this guy, but eh, maybe I don't need him because I already have four upside wide receivers. Let me get somebody that's going to give me those basic 10 points a week, right? So stay emotionally uninvested and make sure that you stay flexible as well. All right, Lucas, let's round out this episode here with a couple draft strategy tips. So again, you just mentioned don't have a draft strategy. I'm, I'm with you ish. And I, I know what you mean, but elaborate a little bit on the draft strategy. Cause again, we're talking multiple times about you changing your draft strategy of RB heavy to now maybe zero RB. Well, does that mean that two months ago you were going into every single draft with, no matter what, no matter where I draft, I'm going to pick a running back in the first two or three rounds minimum. I'll figure out the rest of my team later on. And now, does it mean, hey, I'm going zero RB because I see the value, so I'm going to punt my running back no matter where I'm drafted? You know, what is what does not have a strategy actually mean? And can you elaborate on that a little bit? Does it have to do with where you pick? Does it matter with who's on the board, value, all these other things? Like elaborate on your general lack of draft strategy if that's the case but give some draft strategy tips real quick yeah i think there's two sides to it so i think there is no strategy in terms of like you don't care and you just take based on value so value-based drafting which actually is a strategy but for the basis of the question it's not a strategy and in reality that's I, i hate when people say that because they're drafting based on value in terms of what everyone else picks so in the end like the other people are determining who they pick so they're not actually drafting value they're drafting who their league mates are letting them pick the whole different conversation but then the other side would be you have a strategy whatever that'll be zero rb rb heavy qb early whatever it is i obviously have one people obviously have one you don't have to have one but you need to have a set um mindset going into it and what i mean by that is like don't say you're rb heavy and then send a screenshot on twitter of you taking a zero rb draft because that completely negates everything that you say the negates the way you look at fantasy and people say diversify the the revenue or whatever diversify your teams but like yes 
But if you have one zero RB team and one RB heavy team, you're not diversifying. You're just contradicting them. And then if they, they're either, because they're both not going to win because that would make zero sense, right? Like all these receivers can't hit while all these running backs also hit. So that being said, if you want to have a strategy, have one, but stick to it. Also, don't say you don't have one or sorry, sorry, don't say you have one and then switch it around because then you're just, you're losing. And this is also another thing I've been thinking about too, because we're going to have to have conversations on zero RB and RB heavy is if you only play in one league, don't have a strategy because then that's where you sacrifice a lot of win win percentage potential. But if you play in multiple leagues like we do, you kind of have to um, because one, not going to lie, it's hard to manage during the season with so many teams and two, uh, it's easier to manage going into the season. And it just, it just makes your overall concept and research time and process easier. But if you're in one league, I wouldn't say disregard everything we're saying, but like, don't be like, I need to go RB heavy in my one league because that's what they said to do. Like that's where you maybe go value-based drafting, but I don't like that term either. You're just going to draft a team. Uh, so the the overall question, uh, yes, no, not really kind of, uh, there's not really a good answer to it. Cause I think that it's kind of just a, whatever you prefer question, but I think there's definitely some outliers that uh, definitely are not, should not be included in the answer to this question. My response to having a draft strategy or not having a draft strategy strictly comes down to if you know your draft position. So I'm in a league of record, which I've been in for 12 years with my buddies, old college buddies who've been doing this forever. Lucas, I know you're in a long-time league. Chris uh, Benavides, who was on yesterday, he's actually now in his pops and uncle's fantasy football league. They've been doing this for 25 years within the family, right? So they got the next generation coming on on that. In my league of record, we we pre-decide the we have keepers and stuff so we pre-decide the draft order a month or two in advance so i i know that in my draft for example i'm picking eighth out of out of uh uh my roster or out of my league right so i know that already i'm picking eighth we have keepers and everything else i can take a look at everybody's keeper take a look at the eighth position run a couple mock drafts and tell myself okay if i keep this guy and he keeps this guy the mock runs like this here's my first second third pick probably that's a way different mentality because I'm preparing myself for that particular draft where I know things. It's way different than jumping into a random draft where I don't find out where I'm drafting until an hour ahead of time. I could be number one. I could be number 12. I could be number seven in the middle. And I have different mindsets and mentalities for where I draft within um, an overall draft position. So if you know your draft position, you have another opportunity to prepare specifically for that draft. So I guess my first tip would be prepare for each draft individually, right? If you don't know where you're going to draft until an hour ahead of time, you kind of just have to wing it ish and be prepared for all options and then go in it, click into that draft room an hour ahead of time, find out, okay, I'm the fourth pick overall, do a couple mocks real quick, figure out where you're at and move on. If you have two months in advance to prep for keepers and all this other stuff, that's obviously another, another question. Another one I have really quick, and then Lucas, I'll get to you for, for a second one, and we'll get out of here. My my second one is going to be, you know, have confidence in yourself, but again, kind of on the tip of, of be willing to, uh, you know, to float a little bit with your decisions. I go into drafts more thinking and knowing what I'm not going to do versus what I am going to do. So, for example, 
if I go into a draft, right, and I think to myself, like, okay, well, I'm confident that in a single QB league, I'm confident I have five to seven quarterbacks that I could pick in the 10th round or later that are probably going to get me a top, you know, 10 finish overall. And maybe weekly, I could stream a couple guys to give me a top five finish weekly, depending on matchups. Therefore, I know that I'm not going to draft in this particular instance. I'm not going to draft Lamar or Mahomes. I know that I'm not going to do that. And likewise, with tight ends, maybe I know that I'm not going to pick an early tight end or I'm not going to pick a, um, a receiver because I have the second overall pick in the draft. I'm not going to pick a receiver there, right? I know I'm going to have a running back right away. So on the turn, I know that I'm going to want a receiver or a second running back if it comes, but I'm not going to pick Travis Kelsey because I want this and this. So, again, I prepare myself more for some rules personally of what I'm not going to do heading into a draft versus what I am going to do. Because the worst thing you can do is go into a draft and say, okay, I'm going to get Saquon second. I'm going to get Kittle in, in the second round on the turn. I'm going to get um, I'm going to get uh, Mike Evans, right, because he's going to fall to me on the back end. Uh, Todd Gurley's going to fall to the fourth. I'm going to grab him. Then I'm going to start looking because I guess what? If Saquon, you know, well, Saquon will get picked first, but if Kelsey's gone and Kittle's gone, then your tight end strategy's out. You got to go for it. Mike Evans is already picked too. So now you're floating. Now you're looking, I mean, you're, you're on tilt in the third round and that's the worst you can possibly do. So for me, I think about the opportunities of what I'm not going to do versus what I am going to do heading into drafts. And I only prepare for those drafts that I know for sure something is set in stone. Otherwise, I overall prepare and see what I can do once I'm in there for uh, you know an hour ahead of time whenever the draft room opens there. So, Lucas, do you have a second one to run us out here for this remainder of this episode? Yeah, I do. And it, I'm not calling people. People might think I'm like, like calling people out if you're listening, like first-time listener. I don't, I don't like getting in Twitter arguments or getting in arguments about stuff that is um, – yeah, whatever. I like pointing out inefficiencies. So that's what I do. I don't. I don't ever call anyone out and say that this is wrong. I show why it could be wrong. So my final one is: don't say you like a player and then choose not to reach on them. That goes mm. back to the whole value-based drafting thing. When you're, I don't like eighty. I say in dynasty there is no ADP because there is no ADP, and I think honestly the same could go for redraft. I I don't like the word ADP or just the the overall way it's used because like like I said, value-based drafting or ADP comes down to how everyone else you're competing against picks players. If you're really trying to beat them, you should not be picking like them. Right. So I so people will be like, I don't know, I'm a what to say you're a Higby truther. And it comes down to the fifth round and there's him, Ingram, and Hunter Henry left and you're like, oh I'll just wait because maybe he gets to the next round. And then he doesn't and then you freak out because you don't get your player but then you're like, oh, I really like Higby, but you obviously didn't because you didn't take him. So I get there's the whole ADP. You can get a value, but in reality, just take your guy that you think is going to be good in fantasy because if you think he's going to be good and you don't, don't take him, it kind of makes no sense. So if you really, really like him, go take him. Don't worry about ADP. Don't worry about what your teammates say when you're like, that's a reach because who cares? We can we can go through year-on-year-and-year year data of highest finishers where their ADP was. I guarantee you it's outside the top 50 for probably top 10 majority of the top 10 in every position every single year. I think that's a great call, man. And and there are many other tips and tricks that we can give you. And we will be talking about over the next couple of weeks, getting ready for your final drafts. If anybody has a draft coming up now, tomorrow, this weekend, 
moving down the pipeline and you want to get our one-on-one, please feel free to reach out to us again on the TCK TCK pod side. You can reach out to us on Instagram at fantasy football underscore TCK pod on Twitter at TCK underscore pod. You can also reach out to us, of course, through the draft guide where we have an interactive personal discord. We have a discord here at the Landry football channel as well, where you can find us, of course, again, tune in Monday through Thursday to this Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Chris Landry football from six to seven Eastern time PM. You can jump in here. Lucas and I are doing this Monday through Thursday, four nights a week right now. And we're diving into this and we're talking fantasy football throughout the remainder of the season. Jump into the chat room, give us three or four questions, and we'll get to them throughout the episode, and we can give you some one-on-one help the best that we can. Now, if we don't have an answer right away, we'll take a couple minutes. We'll take maybe an episode or a day or two. We'll come back to you, and we'll re-answer those because we want to make sure you we give you the best value possible. But we are in it to win it, and we're here to help you out. So make sure next week you tune in Monday through Thursday to this Twitch channel here, Chris Landry on Twitch.tv. And you can also find everything at LandryFootball.com. That's high school football, college football, NFL proper. And we are your one-stop shop for fantasy football here. We are the Candlestick Kids. For Lucas Kaser, I'm Scott Guasco. We wish you a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Thank you so much for tuning in. And we are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.